from him who is the true vine, whose lifeblood flows in us and to us and through us, so that we bear much fruit and that our joy is complete. From him be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. As you know or should know by now, our congregation's goal for the year 2019 is the number 150. 150 people for one entire month in daily devotions, in weekly worship, and in some form of group discipleship. So we've been taking a look at each of these throughout the month of February. So far we've looked at daily devotions and weekly worship, and today we want to look at group discipleship. And then next week we're going to take a look at the life of discipleship as a whole. So today the focus is, as I said, group discipleship. And what we mean by that is regularly taking part in one of our teams here at Ascension. That is, a joy team, a community team, and or a Christ team. And if you're already involved in one of those, we encourage you to try out some other ones. If you haven't tried any of them yet, we encourage you to try one or two or more. And as a reminder, this is what they are. Joy teams are like affinity groups. They're groups of people doing things that they like to do together, like golfing or game night or trivia night or bowling or different things like that. Our community teams are any type of team that serves ascension or serves the outside community, like our altar guild or our choir or Funtoberfest or visiting people in the hospital or our community garden. And our Christ team are any one of our many Bible studies that we have going on here at Ascension. We have Bible studies that take place almost every day of the week on all different kinds of topics, and in many different ways we have a great opportunity to be gathered together around God's Word. As I said today, you're going to have an opportunity after worship to check out all the different teams that we have here at Ascension Go over to the Seaman Center, sign up for something, one or two or more, talk with the leaders of those teams and find out what they're all about. But today, as our guide into group discipleship, we want to take a look at John chapter 15. If you would, take out the Pew Bible in front of you or maybe look at uh, your Bible app on your phone because we're going to be looking at John 15 verses 1 through 17. John 15 verses 1 through 17. It's a little bit of an extended passage, but I'd love for you to read along with me as I read it out loud. John 15 verses 1 through 17. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. 
and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you may love one another. This is our text. There is great joy in good grapes. I wonder if we could ask a vine to speak, or if a vine could speak. I bet it would tell us just how much joy that vine has when those grapes are produced and that good fruit is picked and used. For good purposes. Just ask any winemaker or wine aficionado, press a good grape down, let it ferment in nice oak barrels, bottle it up, and then send it out into the world for people to enjoy responsibly. And there is great joy in good grapes. Even Jesus knew the great joy in a good grape when he took water at that wedding feast and turned it into the finest of wine that was enjoyed and brought joy to the wedding feast that day. Grapes are a fruit that bring joy. Even the prophets knew about the joy of the great fruit of discipleship that was going to come when the Messiah came onto the scene and began to put the world back together the way it was meant to be. I love the way it's put in the book that's called Not the Way It's Supposed to Be. It talks about the prophets like this. The prophets dreamed of a new age in which human crookedness would be straightened out, rough places made plain. The foolish would be made wise, the wise humble. They dreamed of a time when the deserts would flower, the mountains would run with wine, weeping would cease, and people could go to sleep without weapons on their laps. People would work in peace and work to fruitful effect. Lambs could lie down with lions. All nature would be fruitful, benign, and filled with wonder upon wonder. All humans would be knit together in brotherhood and sisterhood. And all nature and all humans would look to God, walk with God, lean toward God, and delight in God. Shouts of joy and recognition would well up from the valleys and the seas, from women in streets and from men on ships. 
What a wonderful vision it is that the prophets see as they look forward to the time when the Messiah would come, when he would bear and produce fruit, fruit that would last and there would be joy that would spread across the world and on the earth. So how does all that happen? How does a vine bear fruit? More than that, how is a disciple produced? Now, if you were reading along with me from the mouth of Jesus, it might sound like, well, we simply follow his commands and then all that's going to happen. Jesus says, these things I command you so that you will love one another. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. So how are you doing on those things? But all these things are pretty difficult to do. In fact, if we are honest with ourselves, they are impossible to do in any perfect way, the way the Lord commands us to do. And nothing is much worse in our daily lives than trying to do, wanting to do, being expected to do what we are unable to do. It's kind of like commanding a blind person to see. Well, just go ahead and see. Or it's like telling a vine to produce fruit. Or commanding a barren fig tree to produce figs. Or, or like asking something or someone who is dead to get help. Just call 911. Just get up and walk. I know you're dead, but go ahead and do it. It's impossible. But graft the branch into the vine and into its deep rootstock down to the very foundations of the earth, kind of like the vine stock of the root of Jesse that produced the first David and the whole house and lineage of David and the second David full of life and vitality, graft the branch into that vine and the fruit will come. Good grapes, fine wine, fed by the lifeblood of the vine. It's important to know when Jesus speaks these words of our text here tonight, today. He speaks them when he is in the upper room with his disciples. He has just finished washing his disciples' feet. He's about to be betrayed. And he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. He doesn't say you can do many things or even a few things or even one thing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words and you ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love, stay in it. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What if the vine could speak? Well, today we find out the vine does speak. 
Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would last. These things I command you so that you will love one another. The vine speaks words into our ears. The vine dies. The vine sheds his blood. The vine delivers life into you at your baptism when he forgives you of all of your sins and raises you up to life forever. The vine's lifeblood flows in you and for you. There is great joy in good grapes. And now we even get to share in the vine. Christ's lifeblood flowing from the vine into the branches, given and shed for you, living in you, flowing through you, so that you bear good fruit. This is from where true joy and true community and true life come. We are received into this community called Ascension Lutheran Church. We are received into the community called the Christian Church by the grace of Christ. In the end, it's all about love. It's all about his love. It's about his undying, dead-on-the-cross love for you. In baptism, he has grafted you into the vine and he has given you a family of fellow disciples. After Jesus' death and resurrection, his disciples couldn't hold it back. They couldn't not speak. His own disciples proclaimed boldly and loudly the great love and grace of their Savior. And those who heard and were grafted into the vine, as Acts chapter 2 tells us, devoted themselves, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. By staying in the Word, through the mutual conversation and consolation they shared, in their unselfish service, they bore fruit. And there is great joy in good grapes. Now, don't hear this as a command or a demand, hear these next words as gift, the gift that they are for you. We get to share joy with one another in our joy teams. We get to give the gift of ourselves and to the community in our community teams. We get to be pumped full of Jesus and all of his love and forgiveness when we gather together around his word in our Christ teams. There is great joy in good fruit. Joy, community, and Christ are the fruits that are born in us and through us. Our Father who has invested so heavily in the vine, so heavily that he sent his son to die on a cross, so heavily in the vine and the branches rejoices to see good fruit. And we rejoice when we see it grow in ourselves and in others through no power of our own. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But only because he has laid down his life for us, his friends. 
Jesus calls us in his love and grace to abide, to stay, to remain in that never-ending, undying, everlasting love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.